Hello everyone and welcome back to Sprint Race Show, the show where I share my thoughts on what's happening in the world of Formula One. I'm your host Emma Ridgway and for the first time ever you can now tune into this episode on YouTube in the form of my brand new animated series. So if you normally tune into this episode on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you now have another location to tune in and it is much more visual too. So please go check that out if you haven't already. If you're looking for it on YouTube, you will find it under Sprint Race Show. I really hope that you all enjoyed your mid-season break. I spent a lot of mine filling the Formula One void with other sporting events like the Olympics and of course the Le Mans 24 hours, which this year was truly one of the most eventful and dramatic endurance races I've ever seen. This year at Le Mans, the weather was so bad and there was a lot of talk on the grid about whether or not they would even start the race. And if they did, they would probably start behind the safety car. To be honest, I didn't think they were going to run at all. Uh, I thought maybe they would just do a few laps behind the safety car just to classify it as a race and then they would call it quits. Oh wait, sorry, I'm getting my races mixed up. What happened in Belgium again? I'm joking, of course. The Belgium Grand Prix was, of course, the first race back after the summer break and I was looking forward to it so much. There was a huge amount of build-up in the week as well. I don't know if you saw it because of the weather forecast, which was showing rain. And after the rain-affected races we've already had this year, the idea of the fastest track on the calendar being a wet race was so enticing. Rain is, after all, a Formula One fan's dream. That is, until it becomes a Formula One fan's nightmare which summarised the race entirely, actually, because it was a total washout. Washout is just my adjective to outline what happened in Spa, but I've also seen words to describe the race as a farce, madness, chaotic, crazy, meme-worthy, and my personal favourite, like an episode from a sitcom. I mean, we had everything, didn't we? We had red flags, rain, crashes, football, card games, a stumbling mechanic. Has anyone checked if he's okay, by the way? I hope that he is. Everything. Everything except the racing. So I've been trying to figure out since the race finished on Sunday, what exactly happened? And I don't think I'm the only one either. There was a lot to cover, so bear with me here. In summary, what happened was that the race ended up being the shortest Formula One race in Grand Prix history. Having only completed two full laps, both of which happened behind the safety car. This happened nearly four hours after the race was initially meant to start and essentially only happened to allow the race to officially classify as a race. Now, what this led to was a lot of mixed emotions, especially for me as a British fan, because I firstly was delighted for George Russell and Williams, who qualified in and ended up in P2. I still want to let that sink in, even now, because George Russell and Williams qualified on the front row. Regardless of the end result, he still qualified there, which is phenomenal and deserves the recognition for it. Of course, we didn't think at the time that Saturday was going to be 
so fundamentally important for the whole race. But I don't even think he would have imagined being on the podium, even after getting that P2 start. So from that stance, I'm of course, I'm delighted for George Russell and for Williams, who got their first podium since Lance Stroll in Azerbaijan four years ago. But that was kind of it. Everyone was really happy for George. And that was where our empathy stopped for the race director and for Formula One. Now, hindsight is always a wonderful thing. And not one of us really, as much as we like to imagine it, really knows how hard it is to be a race director or an executive or a steward for the world's most technical and logistically complicated sport. And often when things proceed as planned, which they usually do because we have a lot of races throughout the year and we tend to just tune in and expect things to work and they do. When these things do work, a lot of the time these people who work really hard don't get the credit for it. And of course, when they don't work, there is a whole army of people just waiting on social media to criticise. That being said, I felt as though a lot of fairly basic communication went, well, down the drain in Belgium. I absolutely love the new FIA race team radio, but I was so shocked because the teams were asking for some critically basic information like how many laps will be left and has the race officially started yet? I mean, if the teams need to ask for that kind of information, then to me, it felt like there was a huge communication gap coming from the race control. My biggest frustration with the events in Spa stemmed from this lack of information and clarity. Every major decision kind of felt ad hoc and inconsistent. For example, Perez crashed on his way to the grid and unfortunately he was out of the race. But because the race hadn't officially started, Red Bull were able to fix his car and had the race restarted properly again, he he would have been able to start the race again. So in that circumstance, the race hadn't started. But there was this three-hour time limit in which the race needed to be completed, and that specific timer had started. So the race timer had started, but the race hadn't started. Confused yet? We all were, and that's the problem. Fans and teams alike were trying to help each other online because no one really knew what was going on. And in another twist, the race director, Michael Massey, overruled this timer with one hour to go. But everyone was like, why couldn't you just pause it at the beginning? If you could have overruled it this whole time, why did you choose now? Uh, It just, everything felt very random and there were a lot of confused people. So it became pretty clear that it wasn't going to get any better. The weather, that is. And so the decision came to send the cars out and they essentially did two laps behind the safety car. And this officially classified those two laps as being a race. The points were halved because, well, two laps. And that was it. So it's safe to say that a lot of people were pretty annoyed about what happened. No more so than the drivers themselves. 
Obviously, there were congratulations to be had to Red Bull and Max Verstappen, who ultimately put in the most important lap of the weekend on the Saturday, the one that got Max the pole. And again, to George Russell for getting his first podium. But otherwise, I think everyone left Spa with a pretty bad taste. Hamilton called it a farce. Alonso said that points should not be given for non-racing. There's calls for refunds for the fans, and it's all a bit of a mess. In an update, F1 actually came out today and said that they acknowledged that it was a farce and a disappointment. I don't think they said the word farce, but I I think we all think that it, it, it was. And they understand the disappointment that everyone felt. They said that they were going to talk to the teams to come up with some sort of solution to make sure that this never happens again. But honestly, I don't think they need to talk to the teams about this. I think they just need to be a little more brave in the face of disruption. I agree wholeheartedly that the race was unsafe yesterday. Drivers should not have raced at all in those conditions, and whilst the decision The first decision to delay was the correct one, in my opinion. It was getting fairly clear that it wasn't going to improve. Also, we all have a weather forecast, and I'm pretty sure that the one on my phone is not as sophisticated as the one that the teams have. I'm being cynical now, I know this. But I would be expecting the Formula One community to to have access to the absolute best weather equipment imaginable. I think it would have taken real guts, but ultimately would have been the right call to pull the race forward, even just a few hours. Bringing it forward would have disrupted the TV schedule, it would have upset a lot of fans, but would that have been any worse than what we ended up with? Formula One have faced calls like this in the past, and sometimes they've gotten it badly wrong. I remember watching the Japanese Grand Prix in Suzuka in 2014, and we all know the tragedy that happened there. And on the weekend of the Japanese Grand Prix, there were calls to pull the race forward several hours because of the incoming typhoon. In the end, the race went ahead as scheduled, and the huge storm hit during the race, which ended after Jules Bianchi's accident. Even going as far back as what happened to Nicky Lauda in 1976. You probably know the story of how Nicky tried to call off the race at the Nürburgring with his fellow drivers, but he was ultimately outvoted. This was the race where he had his fateful, horrific crash. Nicky was one of the most intelligent drivers to ever grace Formula 1, and he had the basic foresight to predict a Grand Prix that would be ultimately unraceable. This foresight, I felt, was severely missing this weekend, and it would have taken, again, bravery to make a really tough call at the fear of disrupting a TV schedule. And I know as fans, again, we would have been pretty angry to wake up and find that a race was already happening. But again, would that have felt worse? But either way, I'm happy that Formula One want to improve. It feels as though they've been very quick to respond to this, and that is credit to them. Less than 24 hours after the race finished, and they have acknowledged that this was not okay. So I guess we'll see what happens with this sort of incident in the future. But it's certainly turning into 
probably the most eventful season I can remember, at least since maybe 2010. So that's what I think about Spa. I didn't think I would have had as much to say as I as I have, but there we go. Foresight is a wonderful thing and bravery is something that is even better. If you can have both, then that you know maybe these things can be prevented in the future. Regardless of whether or not I talk about a 100-kilometer race or a 3 minutes, 30-second race, I am delighted to be back doing this podcast. I haven't written a blog post in a few weeks uh, because of the summer break, but I will actually be guest writing for another blog in a few days' time, and I will make sure to share that on my social media. I'm also now on Instagram too. Again, the tag is the same as always at Sprint Race Show. So please give me a follow on there and let me know what you think of the new branding as well. And of course, the new YouTube series, if that is where you are tuning in from. Wherever you are in the world, I just want to say thank you very much for returning to Sprint Race and wanting to know what I have to say about this amazing sport. Can't wait to share my thoughts with you between now and the rest of this extremely unpredictable season. So until next time, after the Dutch Grand Prix next week, thank you very much for tuning in. 